What's up, everyone? Graham Wooden here on the Grizz Podcast. Before we get started, I would like to thank all the people who gave me feedback on episode one. I appreciate all the support. The audio was a little funky, but that is something I will definitely work on for future episodes. I would also like to shout out my guy, Garrett Hazard, who also has a podcast. His podcast is called Anything and Everything, and you can find it on YouTube. It's definitely a great listen, very funny. Him and his brother have an awesome sense of humor, so I definitely recommend checking that out. Today, we got one of my good friends and Little League World Series champ, Michael Mancini. He is currently a sophomore at Maine Annual High School, and he is on the varsity basketball, football, and baseball teams. And he's actually been starting for those teams since freshman year. Mike is an extremely humble and well-spoken young man with a bright future. It was a pleasure to have him on the episode, so I hope you guys enjoy. What's up, everyone? Graham here on the Grizz Podcast. I'm here with Emmy Standout and Little League World Series champ, Michael Mancini. Thanks for coming on today, Mike. What up, Graham? Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Let's first uh, start with some quarantine questions. So with all this quarantine stuff and the virus going on, how have you been staying busy in the past couple of weeks? Um, you know, not much really to do. We got to stay inside, but we got a basketball court out back. So me and Joe and my little brother Vinny have been doing some one-on-ones out back, seeing who wins. You know, I always win. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a little gym in our garage with some weights mm-hmm. that we got for Christmas. We didn't know what to do. So we yeah. lift and then kind of just play catch in the backyard, trying to do anything to stay active. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely staying busy. And I mean, kind of fortunate having uh your two brothers just because you know you're gonna be you're always gonna be busy with them yeah something to do well that's cool um i know you're missing out on baseball right now unfortunately yeah. and new york state announced yesterday that all sectionals and championship and state championship games will not happen can you tell us what's going through your mind right now and how you're staying mentally and physically prepared just in case a season or a couple of games can happen and if tra- travel ball can happen this summer? Right. So before, like, you, al- you always think, like, there's a hope that this quarantine will go by and you'll play that state playoff run. But once you heard that, you know, it was kind of, you know, it was a little heartbreaking because, you know, this was supposed to be a good year for us. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, we got the same guys coming back next year. So we're going to, like you're saying, physically and mentally ready, just keep playing catch with our brothers, our parents. Um, keep you know watching YouTube. Anything you can do, just stay baseball ready, and hopefully there's a summer season with some Legion games that we can play and keep staying loose and throwing around. Mm. Yeah, and you said that uh, you thought you're gonna have a really good team this year, but can you just talk about last year? I know you guys went to states. You had a magical run. Can you just describe the journey you had and the experience of playing at that level? Right. That, that last year was crazy. You know we always knew that it was going to be a tough battle in the sectional championship against Vestal with mm-hmm. Taborni and all those guys. And, you know, it was Coach Raleigh and the new coaching staff's first year, so we didn't really know what to expect. But we got hot late in the season, and we were fortunate. You know, we had from sectionals to the state championship, we must have had four walk-offs from four different guys. So it was yeah. it was a crazy run for mm-hmm. sure last year. Yeah, it's awesome. I know uh, your brother had, like, one walk-off. And um, who who else had a walk-off? I forgot his name. Uh, something Chandler, maybe? Yeah. So Joe hit a walk-off in the sectional championship. Josh hit a walk-off in 
Yep. The regional yeah. championship, Josh Chandler, and walk off homer at the BMAT Stadium, which was who does that, you know? Yeah, that's surreal. Yeah. That's crazy. No, that's awesome. Um, so we can get into a little bit of the World Series. Uh, you guys won the World Series in 2016. Um, I know your first year, you guys just missed going to Williamsport, but the next year you bounced back and not only made it, but you won the whole thing. Tell us your experience at Williamsport, maybe some of the people you met, the atmosphere, the gear you got, and the hitting and pitching technology that you had access to, and tell us some stuff about just the whole whole experience. Yeah, the Little League World Series was everything you dreamt it would be and more. You know, you get mm-hmm. there and you're like walking around and you got the guy from Oakley saying, come get your free glasses that you usually <laughs> pay a hundred plus dollars for. You got brand new gloves that they break in perfectly for you. You know, putting on the Mid-Atlantic uniform was, you know, mm-hmm. crazy. And then you're walking around, you see Japan in like a straight line all sank with South Korea and all the other international teams. It was it was definitely a dream. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so championship game, you guys are playing the team from South Korea. Harloss is on the mound. You're at shortstop. Harloss just walks a kid. So now there are two outs, guy in first and second. You guys are only up by one. Everyone is on their feet. I mean, just watching it personally, I was so nervous. And it just felt like the whole country was supporting you guys. Can you describe that moment? Like, what were you feeling when the last batter came up to the plate? And just tell us about what it meant to you and your team to win. Yeah, so going into that game, we were, you know, South Korea was, you know, a major league team that you'd play against. And you know, yeah. us from small town from Enville with barely 10 grand in our area with South Korea having millions of people in their area. You know, we kind of just wanted to go in that game. And, you know, the one thing that our coach was telling us is don't get mercy. So we were all joking about that, you know. And then we get into the game and, you know, we start the game and we start off great, you know, kind of tied 0-0. And then we kind of put the first two runs on the board and we're like, you know, we got a chance. We got to just keep doing what we're doing, stay focused and play together. And then we get Mm -hmm. to that last inning and uh, Ryan walks those two batters, but we knew we had two outs. So we bring it in. We're just like, stay calm, get this last batter and we're going to become world champs. And Ryan was confident in his curveball. So that's what he threw and they could not hit him. So. He was just fortunate enough to get that curve on the outside corner and strike him out, and we won. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you know, like I said before, just me watching it at home, um, it was just awesome experience, you know, just for me, just because, you know, I know some of you guys, and I could just see you guys are so happy. And just the community uh, support that you have, it's just a unique dynamic um, and I'm kind of hyping main end a little bit, but it's just so true. I feel like the reason why you guys are so successful, besides the fact that, you know, you work really hard, you do all the little stuff. It's just the bond that you have, you know, with your teammates, with your friends in the school, with the whole community. So exactly, yeah. you know, very impressive. So uh, now we can start or we can go into um, a little bit after. So now you're a Little League World Series champ. Um and I mean, pretty much before the whole tournament, the spotlight was on, was on, was on you. Excuse me, sitting at 12k followers now. Everyone agree that you're pretty famous. But can you just tell us how you've been able to handle the spotlight, especially at a young age, and just talk a little about the negative aspects, like the criticism and hate that comes with it? Right. You know, the criticism always comes with it, 
Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, my dad's taught me at a very young age that, you know, if you want to be, you know, something special or something, you know, top, you know, trying to be a good athlete, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to doubt you. A lot of people that aren't going to be by your side and that's okay. You just always have to stay humble. That's the one thing that my parents have preached, you know, nobody can hate humble. Right. So that's one thing that I've tried to, you know, stay focused on is, you know, I don't want to get carried away about myself, you know, because I wouldn't be doing any of this without my teammates, my family, you know, my parents, you know, and that's the stone cold truth. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think what you just said just shows what type of person you are. Just knowing with you, uh, just knowing you personally and just talking with you before about this topic, um, you know, it's kind of, it surprises me that you just get so much negative and hate, especially, I mean, when you, we're in the World Series, and when you won it, you're like 12, 13 years old, like somewhere around that age, and that's very young. And you know, just your maturity and your humbleness, and the way you just been able able to handle all this is very impressive. And the same with I was talking to Jack on the last episode. You know, you guys are just very impressive how you handle all that. So um, definitely kudos to you. Now we can talk a little bit about your brother, uh, Joe, because I know he's um, been a role model to you growing up. Can you just fill us in on the bond you have with him and how he's really shaped you into the person and player you are today? Yeah, me and Joe are, you know, very close. You know, at a very young age, he was always a couple years older than me, so he was always doing stuff with, you know, older and more advanced. And that's kind of how I learned to, you know, play older and at a higher level. You know, we'd always go out back and, you know, he'd always be two or three more inches taller than me and always be dunking on me and I'd always be getting, you know, pissed off. But he taught me that, you know, I got to play through it. I got to push through it. I got to get bigger. I got to get stronger. And he's shaped me to get better than I am because there's always somebody that's better than me. Yeah. So um, now we can talk a little bit about some baseball plays. Like what is one of the coolest baseball play you've had whether when you're little or in high school um you know it's definitely been a lot but the one that I will definitely never forget won't even be my baseball play it'll definitely be um the walk-off home run in the regional championship with uh Chandler when he hit that home run over left field you know get up there's two outs no there's no outs we get a guy on first it's tied you know to go to the state championship and he takes that ball 400 feet left field was, I was, I was so shocked. That was probably the biggest baseball moment. No, yeah, that's definitely awesome. Especially like you were so young too. Just, no, that's awesome. Um, Last thing about baseball, who was the hardest pitcher you had to face or the toughest batter um, you had to pitch to? Um, The hardest pitcher I faced would probably be, Probably be Joey Vitrano. We played them after sectionals. The first game out of sectionals, he was lefty, and I I hate playing against lefties. It always yeah. it just comes in so weird. But he yeah. was pumping ninety two with a curveball, and that was definitely probably the hardest pitcher I faced so far. What about uh, the toughest batter? Toughest batter, um, from high school. I would probably say anywhere from, like, anybody, like, on UE, like, Jude Abadessa or Don Busha, 
those guys are always hard outs. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, it just came to me. Uh, can you just like describe this is a transition? Because I know we, we talked about this before the transition from little league to the big field and like JV, that varsity, just talk about the transition with that, you know, the struggles that you had. Yeah, that was the transition from little league to the big field was, was probably one of the hardest baseball transitions I could have made. Cause you go from playing on little league to dominating, to being like the star to, you know, everything you do is hard. And then you get up to, you know, 60, 90 and everything you do is slow. And we went from, we went from playing little league to playing junior legion. So junior legion is like anywhere from like, you know, 14 to like 17 years old. And we were mostly playing 17 year olds and we were getting crushed. You know, we could not, mm-hmm. we could not get the ball to the infield and it. And it wasn't because we weren't good. It was because, you know, we weren't strong enough. We were not like prepared for that field. And, you know, I hate losing, and we lost so much that year, and it was it was a really hard transition. But then you start growing and getting stronger and putting yeah. on some muscle, and it kind of became easier and easier as you practice. Yeah, definitely, just trusting the process. Right. And, um, and I think that, you know, a lot of kids who play, you know, up at a younger age, they all struggle through that. I know I struggle through that personally, Um well, with baseball too, just going from little league to modified, it was definitely yeah. hard. Uh, a hit in the outfield in little league um, is like a ground out on the modified level. Um, so I definitely understand. Yeah. But like I said before, it's just a process. So enough on baseball. We can transition into a little hoops. Yes, sir. So you're hard as a freshman on the varsity basketball team. Can you talk about winning stack this year as a sophomore? and maybe one of your favorite hoop memories. Right. Um, winning stack this year was awesome. Coach Ocker, I don't think, won, won a stack championship in a long time. I think since Kyle Gallagher was like a junior or a sophomore. So it was it was definitely cool to get Ocker that, another accolade, and get him that stack championship because he is, he is one of the greatest coaches I've probably ever played for. And, you know, winning for him is yeah. just so much more. And, you know, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But – um, you know, you played a tough seating team. You get in there and, you know, the game plan was Marcus and Brett were going to be, you know, the two people that we had to stop. And we did a great job on that. And we came out on top. Yeah, I thought you guys played really well. Um, just playing seating like three times this year. Yeah, the biggest thing is really trying to, you know, you're not really going to stop Brett because he's going to get yeah. his, but you want to at least contain him a little. I know we didn't do a great <laughs> job with it, but you got great job with it you just gotta you know hope everyone else doesn't score that much I know Marcus played a hell of a game that um that stack championship game but yeah you guys did really well I think you came out like 20 point win yeah something like that you know we knew that Brett was gonna we knew Brett was averaging somewhere up in like the 30s or 40s so if we could cut his points in half and give him like 25 26 maybe Somewhere around there, you know, we, we knew that Jack and Connor are two main scorers and they would have a great game. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, like you said, I think Brett had, like, around 24. I mean, that's still a great yeah, game, but, I mean, that, that's a kudos to you. Like, you you and Sonny really, um, you know, maintained him from scoring into upper 30s and even 40s. Right, and that's so. who Brett is, uh, you know, holding him to 24 and thinking that's a bad game, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yep. But, um. 
so now can you just talk about the relationship you have with the guys on the team, like Connor, Jack, Sonny, uh, that really sets you apart on the court? Yeah, I mean, playing with those guys, you know, not just last year, but playing with them throughout my whole childhood, you know, going to their houses. You know, I live right down the block from Jack, so I've been to his house a thousand times during the summer and during warm, you know, days and Sonny and Connor, you know, we're always hanging out in school, out of school. So the relationship right there, you know, it's it's like brothers. It's without the blood, it's brothers. Yeah. And, you know, it's so fun playing with them because, you know, just like a brother, you can get pissed at them. But 30 minutes later, you guys are brothers again. And, you know, it's not – you don't hold grudges like you would if, you know, someone you didn't know and you're like, you know, I don't really like that kid. You know, you get in an argument and you don't talk for a week. Yeah, no ego, no egos yeah. involved. Exactly, no egos. Yeah. yeah, I definitely understand that. Just like from hanging out with you guys, yeah. uh, you guys are very competitive. Like I'm competitive, and that's awesome because like we just push each other. Like doesn't matter what it is, if it's wiffle ball, if it's you know mini hoop, exactly. like anything. But we just like push each other. But at the end of the day, like we love each other like brothers, and that's just how it goes. And you know, I, I, I know I don't play for you guys, but like I can tell. That's why you guys are so successful, just that bond at the end of the day. So, no, it's very important. Um, we can talk a little bit about football now, get into that. Your freshman year, you were the wide receiver on the varsity team, and then you transitioned uh, to quarterback your sophomore season. What was it like this year filling in your brother's shoes as the QB, as a 10th grader, in one of the most prestigious programs in the state? Yeah, you know, man, well, football is, you know, known for winning. So, obviously, you know, my mindset was, you know, I want to go in there and I want to, you know, fill the, you know, shoes of winning and the history of man, I'm going, you know, especially with Joe playing quarterback last year. You know, any questions I had after practice, I'd go to him and just say, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? which definitely made it a lot easier to transition from, you know, wide receiver to quarterback at main end football. And, um, you know, Coach Gallagher is a great coach, so I learned quickly with, you know, midline and triple and all those plays. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you had a really um, outstanding year, I thought. You really hold your own, and you know, as a tenth grader quarterback, quarterback, you have to be a leader if you want to win games. And it's very hard to be a leader, I feel like, when you're so young. But you know, you did a great job just stepping in there. You know, being yourself, embracing your position, and you got the job done. Unfortunately, you know, Forks, another top-notch team that you have to face every year, they made it out. But I think you guys will definitely be good you know, next year and years yeah. to come. Uh, so now we can talk about some Oneana things. Oneana. So I know your dad is uh, went to Oneana yep. State, so Oneana Ties, and I know you've been to Tino's before yeah. with me. So you got to tell the locals what is your go-to Tino's pizza you slice. Know, any slice. I'm telling you right now, if you like pizza, the oh, my goodness, you need to go out to Tino's, you know, any slice in that place, it it is the greatest slice of pizza you will ever have. Well, you see, everyone, you hear, heard it here first. Mike Nancy, yes, any I'm slice, Tino's. Place to be. Yeah, I definitely love Tino's. Um, it's the spot in Oneana. Like, everyone goes there. 
I mostly everyone loves it too. My favorite slice would probably be like General mm-hmm. Sal's or uh, this like conductor slice. So we have um, a restaurant. It's called the Depot, and they have like Wing Wednesdays, and it's like fifty cents a wing. I think it used to be cheaper, but they they raised it. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> business business, but um, yeah, but they have the special sauce. It's like garbage wing sauce. And, you know, Tino collab with them and they have a conductor slice with, you know, chicken and that garbage oh wing sauce. And it I want to go on the Oneonta right now oh, with that slice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, unfortunately, you can't sit yeah, in, but you can definitely in, order out. Yeah, and I'm not sponsored by them. You either, better so get I'm, I'm telling you the truth. There's no, there's no, there's no bias. Well, I can't get sponsored because uh, NCAA rules, right, yeah, you, yeah. you know how they are. Yeah. But hopefully they change rules. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, so we can move on. Um, so now, a lot of great eateries in Enwell, Bing, Endicott area. What is your place or your go-to place? Um, you know, I'll give two places just because Jack gave out Chill and Grill. Chill and Grill is, mm-hmm. it is awesome. I love Chill and Grill. I go there before every basketball game. You know, probably not what you want to have before you go run around, you know, all that grease. But it is, it, yeah, it tastes. It works, though. It's I worse. love it. And, you know, I'd probably say, um, you know, Tony's or Nick's, you know, those are two great places. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what about, like, any place, Vestal Parkway, like uh, Tully's? Do you go to Ooh, Insomnia? Insomnia yes, sir, those late nights. Great for a cookie. Late night Insomnia. Yeah, but those can get, those can get scary if oh you eat too much God, like yeah. I did that one time. <laughs> I right, uh we can move on to some music musical topics uh who is your favorite artist and what is your favorite music favorite genre? artist um my favorite music genre you know I'm a country guy you know I love music yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I listen to any country but you know when I'm with my friends you know they're they're not country guys so especially when I'm with Jack I got mm. I, I gotta let Jack get the ox or you you guys know the the top now I don't, I don't know about me. Jack, but Jack knows all his research. Every 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 summer, I I like he shows me this yeah. new underground rapper. Start listening yeah. to him from the whole year. Nobody, no knows one knows who he, knows like, who he is. I had no clue who Pierre yeah. Bourne was. Then all of a sudden, Jack is playing yeah, really twenty four seven. I'm like, this guy is crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, no, he's so good. Like uh, I was talking about that in the last uh, podcast oh, yeah. I had. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Pierre. I had no idea who he was. I, I, I knew him from like Playboy Cardi, but I really had no idea. But Jack, you know, he finds. I don't know what Chinese gems. website he's and, on, but he keep getting on that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's so true. Um, so you're a country guy. Uh, do you like Kane Brown? Yeah, I'm. I'm a Florida Georgia line. Morgan Wallen. Okay. Um, Eric Dickerson. You know any of those guys? I listen to anything yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah the, the classics. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't mind Florida Georgia Line either. I don't really mind country at all. Right, I right. really listen to anything. There's some good country tunes too that, and especially now, you know, a lot of artists mix a little like hip hop exactly. rap into Yo, it. Country so, swag. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, so what does Michael Mancini do on his free on my time? free time? I mean, let's see. 
you know, if I'm not playing sports, you know, I'm definitely grinding my 2K guy right now and getting him that DC, mm-hmm. getting him in that starting rotation for the Milwaukee Bucks right now. That might- I'm an 84, well, and I will admit, I did spend okay. that 17.99. You know, I had to. My guy was not performing where I wanted him to, but he is dropping yeah, 40, 10, and eight. So, might have to start streaming okay, that because okay. my guy is going nuts. It's like Graham out there. Yeah, get that. Yes. <laughs> nah, 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 chill. <laughs> get that Twitch account though. Tracks. Start making money. Uh, that's awesome, though. Do you play, like, Warzone, Fortnite, any of those shooting yeah, games? Yeah, I mean, I love those? Fortnite, but I'm that kid that you do not want to play with. I will have zero kills and will never get you in. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. pretty much me on Fortnite I, I, or anything. I'm, I mean, I'm getting better. I'm getting better yeah. at Warzone a little bit. You know, I had, I had, like, six kills the other day. You know, half of them were in the in the cargo truck, but you know, I'm not that good at shooting. I don't know how people play it's those. Nuts. It's, I used to make a joke streets. with uh, Sonny. Sonny used to Sonny used to play 2K like for like every day of the week back when like 2K18 was out, and I used to joke with him at practice that if my guy got to like an 80, he'd let me play my park with him, and I would just keep grinding and grinding, and his guy would be like a 94. Sonny is a tech <laughs> freak. He loves 2K, Todd. Yeah, that's that's kind of like uh, Teddy. Uh, Teddy's like good at every single video game. <laughs> I don't even know how he's Madden. Like not like good. Like he's he's phenomenal. Madden. Yeah. Like anything. I'm gonna stop like, Teddy real quick. I want to play Madden against. He will never beat me. Uh, never. Yeah. I hope he's watching this later. He will not beat me. At Madden. Right. Shout out, shout out, Teddy. You heard it here first. Mike Mancini versus undefeated, Teddy Challenge. Teddy, undefeated. <laughs> okay, got some competition there. I'll make sure if he's if he doesn't listen to this, I'll make sure um, I sure, let him know sure. that. So, <laughs> all right. So, two more questions. First, let's talk a little bit a little bit about recruiting. Talk some about like the interest you have. Um, some of the showcases you've been to. Yeah, I mean, um, there was this, you know, PBR is what I'm heavy on. You know, it's a great, great recruiting process, you know, format. Um, I went down to Georgia last year for, it's called the New York State Future Games. And all the top-notch colleges were there. And it was definitely probably one of my biggest exposures. And I'm hoping that the summer uh, quarantine goes away. So I can get back there yeah. and hopefully get my name back out there again. But, you know, it's a great experience. Mm-hmm. You know, this process is, you know, it's fun. It's difficult. It's, you know, it's everything in between. You know, I've had, you know, I've talked to BU, uh, Rutgers, you know, St. John's, uh, UMass Lowell, um, Virginia. Mm-hmm. But, you know, right now I'm in 10th grade. So, you know, I'm just trying to keep on working hard and yeah, yeah. definitely want to get my name out there more. Yeah, it's definitely a start. Um, those schools are all great schools, and hopefully, really those interests turn into offers. And I really think they'll do. They'll they will because you you're a hard worker. You're a great player. I know a lot of people from Oneana really respect you. A lot of you know great players. I remember Teddy was telling me they played you guys in one game, and 
you had like an 0-2 count or something against Tanner Biang, which is who is a scholarship pitcher. You know, I don't know where he's going to go yet just because his season got cut short. But, you know, he has some D1 offers and you went yard on him, which that's re- really impressive. So um, they'll definitely come. Like you said, you're young and it's, just, it's right. really just a patient game. So uh, lastly, is there any advice you want to give to the younger kids? That look yeah, I mean, to you? you know, if, if you can dream it, you can do it. Um, you know, growing up, there's a lot of people that are going to tell you that, you know, you can't do something or, you know, you're too small, you're not big enough. But, you know, you just got to block that out and use it as motivation. You know, I was told that I wasn't going to go anywhere, you know, for baseball if, you know, I wasn't pitching. And, you know, all the people that I talked yeah. to, you know, they, you know, they've talked about infield and middle infield and corner or, you know, hitting. So, you know, every every step mm-hmm. in the way, there's going to be obstacles. But, you know, that's the best part. You know, if you're going to dream big, you know, don't think it's going to be an easy ride. Yeah, definitely. And, no, that's awesome advice. And, I, I mean, I think you're really the epitome of, you know, what working hard can really do. Like, you have so many accolades so far, and I, it's just very impressive. Um, so there you have it, everyone. Thanks, Michael, for coming on this podcast. I really appreciate well, it. Thank it you for having me. Having you. Yeah, no problem. So there you have it, episode two in the books. There you have it, Michael Mancini, episode two in the books. Stay tuned for episode three coming out later this week.